This is the Non-Microwave Truth brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry, and I am C.L. Whiteside. This is our second video recording, second episode on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, remember to hit the like, hit the subscribe. And if you listen from our normal platforms of Apple or Spotify, remember, you can go check this out on YouTube now. And if you leave a comment on YouTube, I'm going to try to respond, actually. So if you do that, I'm going to try to make it happen. Now, next month, we're going to have a special series, but you got to stick through this whole episode and I'll give you a little bit about next month's series. Okay, so make sure you do that. Now, let's get into our first world problem question today. So I have been in the book of Matthew pretty heavy lately. And something I noticed in Matthew chapter 14, what is it? Verse 13, that's Jesus feeding the 5,000. And what I noticed with Jesus feeding the 5,000, this is right after Jesus just got the news that John the Baptist, his dear friend, was beheaded and Jesus was trying to go to a remote place and the people still followed him. And when Jesus saw the people, he had compassion and he healed the sick. And in the process of this happening, the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, it's getting kind of late. You should send the people back because we don't have enough to feed all these people and it's getting dark. And Jesus is like, well, what do we have? He's one of the disciples or the disciples answer. We have five loaves of bread and we have two fish. And what did Jesus do? He fed 5,000 men. This is not even including the women and the children, but he performed a miracle, made that five loaves of bread and two fish into a meal. And that, it, it was so much left over. It was 12 baskets full left over. And I always wonder, like, how good was that fish? How good was that bread? So that's one of the first world problem questions. But. When you fast forward just a little bit and you look in Matthew chapter 15, starting at verse 29, Jesus feeds the 4,000. And this is interesting to me because this was a little bit different. Jesus was at a remote place again. He was on, on a mountain and people were bringing the blind. They were bringing the lame. They were bringing the crippled. They were bringing the mute to him to heal. And this time they were with the disciples and Jesus for three days, three days. And Jesus just kind of brings it upon himself because he had compassion on the people. And he's like, man, I can't send these people back because they probably not going to make it because they really haven't ate in these last three days. And he asks the disciples, what do we have? And it's like the disciples didn't make the connection like we have enough. They're like, well, we have seven loaves of bread and some fish. And I just wondered to myself, like, did the disciples forget that Jesus had fed the 5,000? And our second part to this first world problem question is, what was the time span between Jesus feeding the 5,000 and Jesus feeding the 4,000? Like, how did, did they forget or what? And that made me think, like, that's kind of like us sometimes. We forget what God has done in our life. We forget the miracles and we're like, oh, this is too much. It's like you had even more bread and maybe even more fish the second time. This time it was only seven basketfuls that they picked up. But our, our first world problem question is, one, how good was that fish and bread? Like, was it was it fire? And then two, what was the time span between the 5,000 and the 4,000? And you got to remember, this was only counting the men. So it might have been 10,000. It might have been 12,000. But our first world problem question is that. What was the time span and how good was that fish and bread? And remember, I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. And this is our first world problem. Make sure you go read that and check it out, too. It is dinner time. 
The title of our episode today is Highlight Reel This. Social media. You go look on social media, you're going to see the highlights of people. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'd rather see the highlights than the lowlights. Like when I see people just complaining and whining and venting, I just think to myself, you need a journal. And I'm not talking about the people that talk about their struggles or, or their low points and how they overcame it or how God blessed them and saw them through it. I'm just talking about the people that flat out complain. I much rather deal with the highlights. I much rather deal with seeing people's best. But that's what we're really going to get at today. And the first thing I want you just to think about with this episode of Highlight Real This is highlights are often an overrepresentation of what is actually the truth. Because people are giving us most of the times only their best. And when, when you think about this and when you see this, you're only seeing something that's really, really good. Or you're seeing something that's really, really bad. And that's not the norm. That's not the average. And we sometimes get in our mind that that is the norm. That is the average. Or everything is just so good. Everybody happens to have this. Or man, it's really, really bad. Everybody has this going on in their life. And it's like, that's really not the truth. It's a highlight. It is what people want us to see. And what I really want to look at it's just, it's natural for all of us to want what other people have at times in terms of their or their highlights. Or when you look at certain things, you're like, oh, I want her. She fine. Or, oh, I want him. And everything that we want or desire is not necessarily a, a bad thing. Because some of the highlights make us realize like, man, I really would like to be in a relationship. Or, man, I really would like to have transportation like that. Or, man, I really would like to, to lose some weight and have the fitness journey that that person possibly has. But again, we forget sometimes about the journey that that person actually has. And we only see the, the finished product because I got breaking news for your relationships cost. Like it might cost you your peace. It might cost you some money. It might cost you. Your alignment with God. And that's something that we forget because we only see a lot of times the finished product. We don't see the journey. We don't see the process. And it's the same thing where you get to looking at certain people. And you're like, ooh, they lost 75 pounds. They put it in a snippet of like 20 seconds, maybe, especially if they make it a reel. But that doesn't show you maybe the 30,000 minutes that they had dedicated to bettering themselves. So it's kind of like a false representation. And it's something that we fall in love with or we kind of become enamored with and just going along the lines of this we start looking at the highlight reels and we start coveting and envying and like man i want those type of i don't i want that type of attention i want those those likes and when you think about coveting the bible talks about don't covet but what does that mean covet means you want something that someone else has when you look at envy envy sometimes is looking at somebody like oh they shouldn't have that like you telling me that he got that? Mm-mm. Oh, that's her man. She don't deserve that man. I know about her. I know about her. She don't deserve a good man in her life. And on this episode, I highlight real this. Checking other people's life in comparison. Comparison a lot of times can be the devil. And we get to looking at other people's lives. And sometimes it leads to coveting. And sometimes it leads to envying. And sometimes it's just a false representation that knocks us off our path or makes us think that God isn't working in our life and creating highlights. Now, this is not something that just started today. I know sometimes people like in this century, we always coveting and we all highlight reels and people wanting highlights has been since the beginning of the time. 
it's been since the disciples were here. And we're actually going to look at a time when the disciples, they wanted a highlight. This comes from Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. And this is the disciples. It says, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons. And I just got to point this out. The mother, the mother is the one coming to Jesus. All of our family and our friends, they usually want to see us have highlights. You know why? So they can go brag, brag about us. So they can be like, I'm so proud of my baby. Or look at what my child did. Or look at what my mom or dad bought me. And we love the highlights. And she comes to Jesus with her sons who are James and John. And she bows down and she makes a request to Jesus. And he said to her, what do you desire? She said to him, say that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine shall sit one at your right and one at your left. But Jesus replied, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am able to drink? He says this to the disciples and they said to him, we are able. He said to them, my cup, you shall drink. But to sit at my right and my left is not mine to give. But it is those, but it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. After hearing this, the other 10 disciples became indignant with the two brothers. And part of the reason they became indignant is because they thought like, man, they actually are going to get this special highlight. But you think about when Jesus is talking about the cup of suffering, all of the disciples are going to end up suffering. But if you see with these two disciples right here, they wanted a highlight. They wanted something that sounded so grand and so special. Like, man, you sit on the left. I sit on the right. We in heaven. We, we all, this is awesome. But what about the journey or what about the process leading up to this? And that's the same process we thought process we have with looking at people's highlights or even trying to look at our own highlights. And another one I want to look at with the disciples was Peter, James and John when they went with Jesus and he transfigured. This comes from Matthew chapter 17. It says Jesus face shone like the sun. And his clothes became as white as the light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. Now you think about it, you're like, that's not that bad. But Peter loved the highlight that he saw. Like He got to see Jesus in some glory, in some glory, face shining like the sun, his clothes super white. And Peter's like, dog, this is an awesome highlight. Like, forget going back to regular life. I just want this. Can't we just stay here, Jesus? This is so awesome. Moses and Elijah here, some of the goats. Like, let's just stay here. And he wanted that highlight. And when you think about the, the Moses and the Elijah, especially, it's like he kind of forgot that the journey that they had to go through, the obstacles that they had to face. You think about Moses, 40 years in the wilderness, leading God's people out of slavery. That's a lot. He wanted the highlights, but he kind of forgot about the obstacles and the journey. And Peter forgot about the obstacle and the journeys and the challenges that he was going to face. That wasn't God's plan for him. That wasn't God's plan at all. That wasn't God's plan for Jesus either, because we know later on, just a couple chapters later, this is when Jesus suffers. He gets beat, he gets crucified, and he dies for us. This was not God's plan. Now, when we think about this, like how do we deal with the highlights? We see highlights all the time on social media. We see highlights on the news. We see highlights on Instagram. We see them on Snapchat. We see them on Facebook. Like how do we deal with the highlights that we are constantly going to see as Christians? 
And the first thing we have to limit and be leery of what we see, because if we're constantly comparing comparison, it robs our joy a lot of times. And we're always thinking about the things that we don't have or the things that we could have instead of looking at the things that we actually do have and the things that we are actually blessed with in that given moment. And what I want to do is I want to look at someone who handled the highlights that they had and they saw in the proper manner. And this is the young King David. This was King David before he was even king. Young, young David was a beast. And he tells us exactly, he shows us exactly how do we handle this highlight real life that all of us are sometimes going to be enamored with. And with King David, we see two major things. Or young King David, young David, I should say, he was obedient. And he trusted God completely like his trust is absolutely amazing. And his obedience, especially when he was younger, is amazing. And I'm going to read from you, read for you from first Samuel 17. And the setting for this is when King, when young David goes to visit his brothers. And this is where we get introduced to the giant Goliath and the Goliath is talking crazy and everybody there is scared. They're like, I don't want to fight this. I don't want to fight this because they saw the Goliath's highlight and they looked at how big he is. And they said, no, I can't do that. That's another thing about highlights. Highlights at times put fear in our hearts, fear for us to take the steps that God wants us to take. But let's read this. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by his hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled, defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Now, what I got to point out in verse 37 is the Lord who rescued me. He credited this to God. Sometimes when we get our highlights, we get our successes, we get to feeling ourselves. We do. I think about some of the stupidest things I have done in my life have come after I have had success or after I have had those highlights and those moments captured and gotten praise and gotten attention and gotten likes for it. And you think about how Saul responds to this. Saul says, David, go and the Lord be with you. Now, what we see with this and another highlight that David had to deal with is usually the highlights would be, all right, this person wears this type of equipment or this person dresses this way. This person has this type of armor. But David realized that wasn't for me. And this is where he trusted God. God already had delivered me from a bear. God had delivered me from a lion. God doesn't want me to battle like the average highlight appears and put on all this equipment because he was trying to put on King Saul's equipment and it was too big. It was clunky. It was just like, nah, this isn't me. So because David trusted in God, because David was obedient to God, David went out there and it looked like he was going to be a highlight for the Goliath, like he was just going to get killed like that. But it didn't happen like that. He went out there with a slingshot and some stones. And you know what happened. Woo, 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 chick, boom. Out goes the giant. David slays him. That was a highlight for David. And we see with this right away that we are enough. We see that God has a specific plan. For you, God has a specific plan for me. And when you think about this, 
God is making highlights with myself. God is making highlights with you. And we have the best producer. You know, highlights had the music. They have some captions. Sometimes it's edited. Sometimes you have pictures on there. Our producer is God. Like we have the absolute best producer in the game. And you have some highlights that God is working for and making right now. Are you aware of those? Are you being present or are you looking at somebody else's highlights? Or are you looking at that highlight and saying, man, I wish God would do that with me when he's actually making something that's specific and special to you? God has a special fitness plan for you. God has a special weight weight loss plan for you. God has a special purpose plan for you. God has a special redemption plan for you. And what I want you to realize and want you to think think about in this highlight real culture, on this episode, I highlight real this. I have to highlight this for you, that you are enough. You're not enough because of anything that you have done. You are enough because God tells us that you and I are enough because of his son's death on the cross, because of what he has done for us, because how he has bought us back, because how he has made us whole, because of how he has redeemed us. And, and a quote that I love to live by and a quote that I love to go by is the grass always looks greener on the other side. But instead of moving, I decided to water my lawn and God gives us the power. God equips us a lot of times to water our lawns. So to recap that the way that you deal with the highlights that you are constantly faced with and bombarded with in life is to one, be obedient to God. Because you don't want to be a highlight for the wrong thing. And I'm telling you, I've been there, done that. It's not fun when you when you the butt of the jokes or when you realize like, man, I stepped out of the will of God to try to make a highlight. And now I'm a highlight for the wrong reason, the wrong reason. And the second thing is just trusting in God and his plan, trusting in the fact that God is making some highlights in your life. And the concept that we have sometimes is we look at other people's and other people's lives and we compare at times and we say, man, their better is better than my better. When in reality, their better, their life is just different. There's only one you. There's only one me. And that's the special thing about this. And like I said, remember that you are enough. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Highlight Real This. And like I told you, I got an episode. I have a, a series coming up next month. The title of that series is going to be Black History Month. I just titled it BHM. And I don't want to scare you away, but I think this is a series we definitely need to jump into. And what you have to realize about this ser- series and the point of this series is, one, we don't want to repeat mistakes. We are going to look at race. But I know sometimes that that makes people uncomfortable or it's a little scary. This is a safe place because we're going to look at this from a biblical perspective. And the whole entire purpose of this episode or of this series, I should say, is to challenge us and to look at how we can love each other better, how we can gain a, a different perspective. And more importantly, how can we do this with the Bible as our foundation? Because a lot of times people talk about race. A lot of times people talk about things and they don't have that foundation of God's word and applying God's principles to tough topics or tough subjects. So next month, tune in, BHM, that's the series, four episodes. I think you're going to enjoy it. Well, that's it. 
Peace Punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.